Welcome to the Random Ask Podcast. If you couldn't tell by the name, this is a podcast where we bring on random guests, we ask them random questions, and we try and learn a little bit. We have local people that know what they're doing and are masters in their fields, and we try and just have a little fun while we're trying to get a little educated. I'm Taj Sander, a local realtor with Royal LePage Westman Realty. I meet a lot of cool people in real estate. I sell good houses. I buy good houses. Let's get into it. Taking time out of her busy schedule today, we have Sadie Hunter joining me, and she's going to be running for the mayor of Kamloops in the upcoming election. And if things go well, she might be the very first female mayor Kamloops has had. Thank you for the introduction. Gosh, yes. So most people know me in Kamloops as a yoga teacher, and I'm trying to get away from that a little bit because, yes, that's what I started with Um Gosh, about 11 years ago before that, I had a whole nother life. Um, but it morphed into a lot more. I went on to take a four-year meditation course that literally changed my life. Through the four years, I had to take two 10-day silent retreats and then two in-person um, learning sessions, I guess, and then rest of it was um, through online. It's called I Rest Yoga Nidra. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Yoga Nidra is the ancient ways of doing meditation, which is guided, and it does come from India. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool. The gentleman who thousands of years ago discovered the benefit of putting people into a state where their body is asleep but their consciousness is present to the words. He taught his students in their sleep to speak 12 languages. What? Yeah. So, like, what? That's okay. That's crazy to me. This happened like uh, how long ago? Thousands of years and then, ago. Has this happened recently? Yeah. So, Yoga Nidra has been going. So, this gentleman called Richard Miller. Yeah. He studied this. And added into it his, because he's also a, he's a psychologist and a psychotherapist, I believe. Um, and he modernized it. So the guiding goes in a way that you are put into that state. But then in that state, we work with your subconscious. So I go in there and I help you look for things and you can reorganize your mind. <laughs> and create the life that you really you, truly want to live. I don't know if you want to go in there. <laughs> <laughs> you I've, do. I've tried. I've done. Okay. I've done a couple things similar. Well, not similar, but like kind of on the verge of this because I'm very intrigued by like this kind of stuff um, and just like the spiritual aspect of things. And I don't know if it's just like in my nature or like my upbringing or whatnot, but I've done. Um, past life regression therapy mm -hmm. and uh so they go into your subconscious but i'm not gonna go into it because it was like a horrific event uh, <laughs> <laughs> well according yeah. to these ancient teachings you know you come into this body as a spirit yeah. once the bodies are ready in existence so your parents actually just create this suit for you and use a spirit to arrive into it 
But the body through the DNA of generations and generations brings with it certain issues in the tissues is what I call it, right? Mm. So those are the things that isn't belonging to your spirit necessarily, but it has to live with it. Because sometimes the spirit does it like, well, I don't know why I do this. I don't know why I act this way. I don't, it's yeah. through the DNA. And those are the things that are really interesting to, to discover. Not to get too hippity-dippity, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I believe like each soul or spirit is meant to come here and experience different things to try and elevate and grow. Yeah. Right. And I think that's like the whole purpose of life and to endure the things that we do endure is just to get more understanding and elevate like our our mindset and our spiritual being until we're capable of like not having to transcend into this yep. life. Right. Um, so I kind of get what you're saying there. But that's one of the things, one of the pillars of my personal philosophy that I've come to learn just through all of the crazy stuff that I've done. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that you do. Yeah. Because most people look at me like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, you get it. So, yeah, so I, I took that course and I incorporate the teachings of that into the actual physical yoga practice. So I call my yoga therapeutic yoga. Okay. And it's not therapeutic for necessary for if you come out of surgery or, you know, it's not a rehab kind of yoga. Yeah. It's therapeutic because through the practice like your beliefs your thoughts they show up in your body unprocessed feelings and emotions are actually turn into pain and eventually illnesses and ailments and all sorts of bad stuff like cancer is that as you not being able to process your emotions Oof. yeah i know so in in the yoga practice we move our bodies in ways to release these unprocessed things and you don't necessarily have to even know what it is yeah but there's ways of breathing there's ways of moving there's ways of welcoming the discomfort and such and so it's therapeutic for not just the physical body but for your body and mind and spirit cool yeah so this is intriguing to me and uh, like i really wanted you on the show because i'm a person that's never done yoga and I want to get into it, but I'm like intimidated by like, I don't want to go to a yoga class because I look at it and everybody there knows what they're doing. And I hate looking like an idiot, even though I try new stuff all the time. I'm like, where can I go and learn yoga where I feel like I'll be comfortable, but also like not make a fool of myself. So yeah. like, would you be able to help someone like me? I guarantee that you would love it, fall in love with it, and never want to leave because it's exactly for the people like you that are intimidated, that don't know what they're doing. I don't name poses. There's no competition. We're not even looking at each other because none of the poses is about how you look in the pose, but can you feel this, this, this? You know, I, I ask you to move your body in such subtle ways in sitting or in things that you're like, ooh, I feel that, I feel that. And oh. can I let that go? And it doesn't have to look like anybody else. Cool. So I'm probably going to check that out because, like, I'm I'm very goofy just by nature. Uh, I'm not sure if you could tell. but <laughs> <laughs> um, So, like, I, I grew into – well, I had a huge growth spurt, and it took me a while to kind of grow into my body, and I'm still, like, spatially kind of challenged. But I – 
I've also had like several injuries, um, knee, shoulder, and back injuries, mm-hmm. which kind of limit what I can do in my range of motion. So I feel like I'm kind of self-conscious about it, but I've always really wanted to get into it and do it more. Um, but I, I don't like just turning on YouTube mm-hmm. and being like, yeah. oh, okay, like do this and do that. Yeah. I, I, it's not engaging enough. No, it's me. dangerous too. I find like nobody's watching what you're doing. Yeah. You know, nobody's there to actually teach to what your issues are and your tissues. Yeah. Yeah. But we start at every class with everybody names their bodily problems. So you'll instantly feel very comfortable because like, oh, everybody's got issues here. (laughs) 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 And there are times when someone would say, it's like, it's just my mind. Can you just like, yeah, clear my mind? I'm like, no problem. But, you know, like between all the students, every body part is named. Yeah. Literally. See, like, as in my line of work as a realtor, I find that I'm always engaged with people or, like, LinkedIn, either through my phone, my watch, computer, and things. So it's difficult for me to be in the present moment and give my attention to things like this. So even right now, like, I'm on silent mode and I'm giving it up my all, but I'm so connected and so many people depend on me that it's hard for me to just shut off and focus on one thing at a time Mm because we're masters of multitasking or required to be and i find that that in itself is a valuable skill but even more valuable would be the ability to turn it on and off which i don't have yet and i would like to try and master that and and mindfulness is a muscle right? It's just a function of your brain, right? So when you practice it, it's like going to the gym, you go to the gym once, you're not building muscles, you you went once, you know, (laughs) but if you keep practicing it, it becomes easier and easier until it's not a task, it's a way of living. And, And you're aware and present in everything that you do, even in your social media, even with your clients. And it's very different to listen to someone with that awareness over, you know, yeah. the, the way that most people do. Like if you, if you look around, if you, if you pay attention to how people converse, like the person that's sort supposed to be listening is thinking about what can I add to this? How can They're I prove waiting. that yeah. I'm right here? It's, it's like, it's all about the me, me, me. Nobody's really doing compassionate listening. As I wait, as I interrupt you and try and talk over you. <laughs> Like, they're just waiting to talk. And I'm like, wow, that's me right now. Damn. That's okay. It's it's good to be proven right. (laughs) But, yeah. So, yeah, huge part. Most most of my students report back on how just coming to yoga class, they notice it so much more in their family lives than their work lives and everywhere. It seeps into because it's it becomes part of you. It becomes who you are. And I... I have trouble with that because when I'm with my clients, I'm trying to teach them and coach them. And so I'm trying to give them so much information and it's so dense that I'm I'm giving so much in our exchanges that I am often talking over them or interrupting them because there's so much that I, I'm trying to get across in a short period of time that I have to remind myself, like, you can't always talk. You have to listen because you need to understand what are their needs and wants and what can you give them that they're looking for, right? Instead of just talking all the time. And it's, again, it's a conscious battle. 
but it's it's hard to be aware of that all the time when you're on the go and you have people calling you and texting you, emailing you, and you're trying to get as much through in like a 30 second phone call. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's tough sometimes, but that's, I think going to yoga would help me kind of conquer some of that stuff. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, listening skills is, is huge because yep. everybody wants to be seen and heard and recognized. Yeah. And if you can do that for your clients, they'll be more likely to do business with you because they'll feel that you're truly, and, and that's what you want to do, but we don't learn the skills to be able to do that, to be able to listen and to talk and converse that yeah. way. Because when you're speaking and teaching, which teaching is incredible, but what you're doing there is giving knowledge, right? Yep. Well, knowledge kind of just floats away. They listen and actually only hear about 10% of what you say, yep. according to some data. Um, but if you give them ways to actually experience the knowledge, then it becomes their wisdom. And yep. that's what you want. And that's what spirit is here for, is for that continuous wisdom, right? Yep. That's how we elevate and grow in our spiritual ways. Yeah, it's... It's tough balance sometimes. <laughs> it is. Well, my number one recommendation to anyone out there who's hearing this is to show up for one of my silent retreats. I do at least one a year, and it's only for a week. <laughs> and most people that come, they show up and say, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can be silent. And they walk away saying that it, it changed their life to to such a huge degree that they can't imagine their lives without it. They've never thought that they're going to be able to hear the things or see the things that they have hmm. by not speaking. I have people that made lifelong friends without saying a word. They were strangers to each other in the beginning. They shared a room. And by not speaking to someone, you really get to know the person. Because when we speak... I will only tell you the good things about me. I want you to know what I want you to know, right? In silence, you see who I am. You see how I am. So you really get to know me without me trying to trick you into only telling you the good stuff. So I, I would fail at this. Cause I like I talk to myself all, all the time. <laughs> I do too when I'm not there, but yeah. it's it's incredible. Like I I choose locations and it's guided. Yeah. So you're constantly. Wait, how is it guided if it's silent? I get to talk. <laughs> well, wow. So you get a pass. <laughs> I get a pass, but the talking is very limited and only to give you the knowledge. That then you walk away and you walk in this beautiful land. You can sit by the river. You can sit in a mountain. You can sit in a meditative room. You can sit wherever you want. And you contemplate and journal about what I asked you to look into. Hmm. Right? And then now, whatever I talk about. So there's these subjects. And, and the way it goes is, is in the beginning, everybody is interested in, like, who, who am I? Yep. And, and most people that I talk to, I have no idea who they really are. And when you ask people, it's like, what do you really want in life? And they say, well, I just want to be happy. What makes you happy? And they're like, I don't know. 
They so don't know themselves that they don't even know what makes them happy. They just want to be happy. That's like that's crazy to me because like, I, okay, I think I'm a little bit different personally, and I understand what you mean when you ask people that because yeah, they just have this like pre-programmed answer that oh, I want to be happy, but they don't know. But I spent a lot of time on myself being introspective and trying to figure out who I am and what I am. And like, it took me a long time to establish that and figure it out. And I, I dedicated years to it. And like I said before, I've done a lot of crazy stuff in terms of spirituality and experiences because I wanted to get to the core of who I was and like face my biggest fears. Um, one of which was dying. And so like coming across that in uh, a way that I did was, very difficult, but I gained so much understanding from it. And now I look back and I, I have this question all the time to myself, like, what am I doing this for? Like it, all, everything that I'm building, right? Why am I doing this? And it's not to be happy, but to take pride in my work and leave something that other people can enjoy whether or, or cherish, whether it's the experiences, the way that I made them feel or like something more that we can build and leave for people because I want to leave somewhat of a legacy that leaves a positive impact on people. Right. And I know that every time I work and I work hard and I accomplish something, not for me, but for the people that I'm working for, I feel so much happier. I don't care. About any dollar, I would do it for free. Because I feel so good and it took me a long time to understand that like, hey, this is what drives you. It's not this other stuff. It's not the bullshit in life that you think makes you happy because, you know, the more success I got, the more material things I got. And I realized, you know, having a nice wallet or like the brand new phone or whatever the bullshit is, it doesn't really matter because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice at first, but as soon as it, you get used to it, it it's just another thing and the things come and go. But I feel like the experiences and things that you create and share with other people are the things worth making. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I have that introspective kind of thought, but I don't know if most other people are able to do that because they kind of get caught into this rat race where, you know, they're working and they have to get the paycheck and do this and do that. And they're kind of programmed in this cycle, like on a wheel Mm-hmm. And they never get to get off and look at the things around them and take into consideration, what do I want? Because they're told, like, hey, in order to be happy, you need all of these things. Yeah. Most, well, or, or like my age, people, we were raised that way. It's like, yeah. you're, you know, first you get your education, then you get married, then you have your kids. In the meantime, you have your job, and then you retire. And when do you live? You yeah. know, and then after retirement, you die. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And I'm so glad that you said that because that really is the, the progression in um, the, the silent retreat. People will come to that conclusion that they realize that it's not material things. But then there is that part of like, okay, how do I go about actually achieving that? Because through the years of living, we program our minds and we have all these limiting beliefs. Who am I to, or, you know, like I don't have the money or how am I getting, you know, like there is a way to pinpoint your very specific limiting beliefs 
and to be able to see how these limiting beliefs can actually be turned around and used to your advantage to get and achieve what you really want to achieve is what you were just sharing. Yeah, it's. I feel like I'm. The more I experience in life, the the less limiting beliefs I have. Like mm-hmm. the more I'm able to break them down, mm-hmm. um, just through my experiences, because you gain confidence in yourself and your ability through overcoming new things but again you don't overcome those things unless you have new experiences and put yourself outside of your comfort zone which I'm continually doing I'm always doing things that are new uncomfortable things I don't want because I know I need that growth in order to feel fulfilled right so it's it's weird like this is getting super <laughs> personal. No, this, this is really, really good. But the thing is, like, like because like everything is sort of interwoven. Because you have that personality and because you figure things out is why you chose the work that you do. Yeah. But most people, their beliefs are so limiting that they don't even go after their part of their dreams. They, they go into a nine-to-five job and work for someone else their entire life for that minimum of a paycheck that pays the bills, that gets the food. They go home and they watch TV and then they go back to work. And you know what I mean? That's the majority. That's most of the people because their, their beliefs are so limiting them that they're so fearful to go after their dreams. You're not, you, you're doing it. Like you work for yourself. Literally you do your dreams. You do this podcast like you do fun stuff because it's the experience and all that that helps you to grow exactly like even these conversations that i have with people i find it like therapeutic and i had another person on before because i i said you know when i hop in here and i unplug from the rest of the world i'm here in this moment and this is one of those things where he said it's like meditation because you're fully here you're fully engaged and i don't get to do many of these interactions with people where nothing else matters at this moment in time besides this 45 minutes or however long it is because it being fully engaged and being able to do that I feel like I'm still keeping that part of my brain alive right mm-hmm. so it's it's nice to have that but uh, again like I have all of these goals and things that I'm working on so we're always working towards something and once I get comfortable like I'm comfortable in real estate now that means that I'm not just going to keep doing real estate. I feel like I'm good at it and I'm going to master it. I'm close to mastering it. But now what else are we going to do? I'm doing a course right now that's going to develop a whole subset of this business. And again, after that, I'm looking at doing another thing because it's it's just never enough for me, right? And it's funny because I learned that it's not enough to get good at one thing that my mind will never stop unless I keep going. I need to keep being engaged and being challenged because overcoming those challenges is the, like, that's the thing, right? That's the experience that I crave. And so, yeah, it's got, it's got me here and I'm pretty happy so far. Like, yeah, that's the thing that I found was the more I do, the more I experience, the more I learn, the happier I am. And so, yeah. Yeah. I have that motto too. If it's not hard, it's not worth doing. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, you, as you said, I've done other things in my life too. And it's like, okay, I mastered that. Time to move on. Yeah. I don't because think once I'll... it becomes easy, it's, there's no challenge and there's no growing. And spirit is here to grow. It isn't yeah. here to get comfortable. 
I can't move on though because I find that now that I've developed these bonds and connections with people, when they rely on me and they ask me for my service, I can't say no to them, mm-hmm. right? So I won't move on because it's like, okay, I've committed to these people and I've made them commit to me. I can't leave them now. Yeah, but you are moving on that in that way of like leaving that behind because yeah. I didn't, I, I'm growing. Like yeah. I started just teaching yoga classes, right? Yeah. And it was nothing but a physical yoga practice. Yeah. It was an exercise. Mastered mm-hmm. that, right? So then adding in the meditation totally changed that. Yeah. So add, it, it keeps it, evolving. So yeah. it's not leaving that behind, leaving that way of doing it behind. Yeah, and leveling. Like you're, yeah. you, the, all the courses and everything that you're taking is is not to to leave what you already done, but you take it to a whole nother level and you keep up leveling. Exactly. That. To to give more yep. to the people that I'm working with because I know I can the funny thing is is like the longer I'm around people, the more I realize that like I have I feel like I'm boasting myself here, but like I have the capacity to take more on and learn more because I have the passion to do it. Where again, people with their self-limiting beliefs, they'll stop and just say, okay, I'm just going to do this. I can only do this. Oh, there's no way that I could do that as well. Or I can't learn this now. I'm too old or, you know, I'm too Mm -hmm. busy or I'm too this. And I've always been of the thought like, all right, let's try it. Let's go. Let's find a way, right? If it doesn't work out, it's not meant to be. We can try something else, but that's, we have to try. Mm-hmm. And the more things I try, the more things I succeed at. So I don't know. It's going all right, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's that saying that once you open a door, you can never close it. You can only open it more. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly what, what that is. That's awesome. So outside of yoga and meditation, are you working on other things? So, okay, again, you're like me because you've mastered it now. So what are these other aspects and things that you're working on in, in life or in work or whatever have you? Yeah, and through one of my meditation courses that was in Banff, um, in on one-to-one meditation, this was, this was really interesting. I'm going to tell you a story. Um, when you go into that style of meditation one-on-one, um, you go into it by looking into a part of yourself that you don't really have an answer to. And I love food. A lot. Yeah. I just love the taste of food. Uh, people tell me that when I talk about food, it sounds like porn. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just... Mm. Anyway, yeah. so I wanted to look into why do I have this relationship with food? Why can I say no to bread and all the stuff that I shouldn't be eating? So I go into the meditation with like the, the idea of like, okay, that is my question. But as we go on and you're being guided, you have visions, you see things. Yep. So my visions took me to a meadow mountain water behind me. I have no idea where this was. And I was painting on an easel and I come out of this meditation. Oh, and I don't know the girl that's meditating me because we had to pick partners that we don't know. So we come out and I tell her what I saw and she's like, well, she's um, an artist and she teaches art and yoga together as a thing. And she feels that what I'm missing in my life is art. And I replace that with food, perhaps. Hmm. I'm like, huh. 
And the funny thing is, as a kid, I wanted to be an artist. Yeah. But I, limiting beliefs, you know, yeah. who am I to be an artist? An artist don't make money. An artist starve and whatnot, right? So I have to have a real job. And so now this is coming back, right? And so I make my way home, um, and I pick up rocks on this trip and bring them home, and I start painting rocks, and I run out of rocks. But while doing it, people are like, can you teach us how to do that? So I ended up doing two workshops on rock painting. (laughs) And then after that, I'm like, well, there's no more rocks. There's no more that. So I started doodling on papers, and my doodlings were mandalas. I don't know if you know what those are. And they turn into pretty fancy mandalas. So I started, people were asking, it's like, well, would you ever teach a workshop on that? So I've done like 10, 15 mandala workshops now. Oh, wow. But then um, during COVID, all that turned into even more art because I was teaching less. Uh, Classes were cut back, studios got shut down. And I got into resin art. I don't know if you know what that is. Is that the like... Yeah, I think I know what yeah, you're talking it's about. It's two-part epoxy, so yeah. you wear a mask. It's it's really cool. Um, you can add colors to it. A lot of people use it to add into furniture and whatnot. Yeah. I pour it onto canvases in, in really interesting ways. Like, I make my canvases with the help of friends at the Makerspace. And they're the shape of agates and geodes, and I add crystals and rocks and beautiful things. So I, I, I build these huge, gigantic, enormous slice slice slices of agates and geodes that people can put on their walls that's super cool man so you're an artist now (laughs) yeah you still obsess about food even though you're an artist yeah so it didn't really (laughs) but i realized that the problem is that i look at food as art as well like like everything is challenging just like i like challenge like you do right i look in the fridge and i'm like i most people say there's nothing in the fridge. I look at it and I'm like, well, if I put this and this together and I add a little bit of this and of this, and it was like, you made a meal out of that, and it's deadly. I can totally 1,000% agree with what you mean because I started um, dieting. It was um, into like a keto fashion, right? Mm-hmm. And when I started doing that, I had to start cooking at home. And I, I barely ever cooked. And I would... I would cook and I would love it. I still love it. Baking, cooking, doing anything on my own with my hands because it is in my brain. I, I realize that it's a form of creation. Therefore it's mm-hmm. art because you're creating something from nothing. And that was one of those things where I would put my headphones on and I would be so like obsessed with what I was doing in that time that it would take my entire focus. And I felt like it was meditative, right? Cause mm-hmm. it was therapeutic in a sense. So I 100% agree with what you're talking about in terms of like it being a art form. Yeah. 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 So when I, when I create my art, like I visualize, I see something in my mind's eye and I try to figure out ways of like, how I can bring that into reality. And for me, the food is the same thing, but I don't see it. I taste it. I taste certain tastes in my mouth and I'm like, I want to make that taste. Right. And then you look at the things and you just create that taste. Oh, that's cool. That's next level. I'm not (laughs) I'm not that good. I feel like you're going there, though. Yeah, Yeah. I I haven't been cooking much. I'm actually off my diet right now. So it's been been a bit of a whirlwind. So I got to get back on that. Yeah. um, Find the time to do it because, yeah, it's it's super fun. But I'm not 
I will just look and see, okay, what do I have? And I'm like, what's the best I can do with this? <laughs> and can you already taste it though? Uh, sometimes yes. Yeah. See, you're going there. I, I feel like that it's soon you're going to share recipes with us here. Oh, your very own creations. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it, and like, yeah, it's kind of funny because my brother would always ask me like, what is this? And a lot of times I'd be like, I don't know what the hell this is. I don't know what you would call this thing. Just eat it. You're like, well, I don't know what it's supposed to taste like. And I said, well, <laughs> if it tastes like shit, then don't. Then it's obviously something that you shouldn't be eating. And he, yeah, we'd get into arguments because he, the way his brain works is he needs like something to compare it to. Mm-hmm. And that way he knows like, okay, this is what this should be like. And I'm, everything I make sometimes when I just throw something together, it's not supposed to taste like anything. There's no shoulds in this world. Yeah. You know, like like at one point there were no chairs. Yeah. And imagine the first person that thought like, I'm going to make a chair. Up until then, there there was never a sh- we should make chairs because there wasn't one. Right. And all of a sudden, somebody's brilliant mind created one. I don't think they're that brilliant because I feel like. I can barely sit cross-legged now. <laughs> and have, if we didn't have chairs, I would probably be a lot more flexible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there, there is that part. Hey, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's No, it, it is true. Like, And we're seeing people get creative and change things so much in our lifetime. Because just even with technology and how much things are changing in that spectrum, it's insane. But mm. you got to not have those self-limiting beliefs, like you said, because if, again... If you're thinking, okay, well, this is the way it's done and this is the way it's been done for years and years, then you'll never really progress. Yeah. So I love following, um, well, anything artsy really, but architecture, right? Like there are architects out there that challenge like, you know, gravity and you name it, like the forms and shapes and what they make these days in the world for, for buildings, for all sorts of things are incredible. Like I'm like... Wow, how does that person visualize that, sees that, and creates that? Yeah, we don't have much of that in Kamloops. Kamloops <laughs> <laughs> no. no. architecture is it's lacking in that field. We, yes. need, we definitely need cooler designs and just a different way of doing things. It's Everything is so... I feel like it's so cookie cutter and dry yeah. right now. I think we should start with, with downtown. My favorite block actually is the next block here. But th- this one's pretty cool too. This just to me seems a little more boring. Um, but imagine if every building, like like artsy people got together and this was a thing. Yeah. And then the and then just these two blocks of, of Victoria Street was was turned into a really cool old European or, or whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like every building had, you looked at it and you would think, oh my God, this been here for thousands of years because the technology allows us to, to make fake things that look like rock or look like this, like. Well, they did, they did something similar in Amsterdam when you go down along the canals. Not all of those houses look like that at one point. I believe it was like in the 1900s at some point where they refaced a lot of those Mm -hmm. homes to kind of give it that appeal and look Mm -hmm. and it's iconic now Mm -hmm. right i mean Kamloops isn't the bustling destination like amsterdam is (laughs) but it could become but it could be (laughs) if we did it they they might come Yeah. yeah and the thing like i was thinking about like you know, like the young, the young people, the new generation, they, they want to do something different. 
but we we don't have the where. And what if we gave them, well, here's this building, you know, design something, turn it into, and, and it would be a school project, right? Yeah. So it's not like costing a fortune, but eventually all of downtown could turn into really cool looking buildings. I think with like the changing of the garden, a lot of these baby boomers kind of kick in the bucket. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be inviting a lot of new thought and ideas. And when that happens, I don't know if something like that would happen, but I do think that a lot more creativity is going to come into the fold because that's the older you are. I feel like the more you are caught in a certain way of thought and like you were saying with those self-limiting beliefs, it's less and less prevalent in younger and younger people because they're told to, taught to kind of open up their minds. But when you've been programmed for so many years to do things in one manner, which the people in control in our society have been programmed like that, it's hard to step away and do things that are innovative and cool. So as they retire or mm -hmm. die off, unfortunately it happens, right? Um, then younger people will eventually take their spots and, you know, we'll, we'll rule the world and hopefully we can do it better. <laughs> <laughs> or, well, at least just different and see what yeah. that does. Cause you know, if we keep doing everything the same way, we can't really expect change to happen. So change has to happen first for yeah, things got to be done a little bit differently. Yep. But who knows? Different could be bad, which hopefully it isn't. But <laughs> well, uh, according to to spiritual teachers, there's there's no um, you know failing. It's it's a mistake, quote unquote, is an opportunity to see what you could do better next time. Mm. Yeah, because in everything that you do, even if it's a fail, there is some part of it that is a success. There's yeah, no 100% fail. Exactly. Yeah, as long as you, that's what I always felt is as long as you're learning, then it's worthwhile to trying, right? Yeah. Because you learn and you grow and then you, even if you don't succeed in that thing immediately, there might be something in the future that you rely on from that experience that's going to help you succeed on something else. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I know like with my art too, it's like, I'm like, okay, I, I visualize this texture. So I want my... Um, agate slice to have a rock edge, right? Because yeah. it's 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 cut out of on a rock sliced, right? So I, I try one something and then, you know, I, I went through like five or six different compounds of stuff. Yeah. House building stuff to artsy stuff to you yeah. name it before it was just right. Mm. You know, I could have given up after the first and think it's like, well, well, maybe my idea sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it takes time, and mm -hmm. yeah, you can't, you can't give up. I want to see your art. Is there any at Art We Are? No. So okay. I'm building up enough of a piece collection that I want to do an art show. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like. I I always thought that it would be really cool to put them into fancy hotels. Um, real estate people that want to dress up their houses that they're selling that could be really um, nice to like I don't know if still is a thing that people what is it called where you decorate the house that you sell there's a stage it staging yeah there you go um, I think that stuff would look really good with yeah Kamloops but, hasn't been big on staging especially in the past two to three years when like Every house would sell like that. Yeah. It didn't take much effort to sell a house. 
but I feel like in the next couple years, it's going to get tougher and tougher. So staging it might help, mm-hmm. but who knows? But yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, if you wanted to see, you'd have to come to my studio. Maybe we'll have to take a little jaunt out there and take a peek. But thank you for coming on the show today. I think we're going to wrap it up at that. If people want to find you, is there anywhere online that they can reach you or see your work or anything? Mm-hmm. I try to keep up, but I'm not really good at So if somebody wants to help me with my website, I'm trying to build a new one. But at the moment, the website is yogavethivet.ca. And this website was created when I started teaching yoga. And it, it really shows more of my yoga side. And there's so much more that's not on there. But for yoga, they can find me. For workshops, they can find me on there. The silent retreat is on there. So most things are except for the art. Cool. Well, if Jesse's listening, maybe he can hop on that and uh, provide some help there. But um, thank you for joining me today. It's been a fun chat. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was enlightening. Yes, very much so. Thanks for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, show me some love on social media. If you know of anyone that we should feature here on the podcast, hit me up. Or if you know anybody that's looking to buy or sell real estate, drop my name.